happen everybody sorry it's a bit late it's over a week late that's my bad but we'll get into that this is the 2019 rally mx nationals coolums round nine and say coolums that's right with the s because there's round nine and ten to finish off the season that was at the sandy sunny sunshine coast destination of uh, coolum queensland and uh boy let me tell you what we were on the road um we had maury and we ended up going straight across. Uh, it seemed like only a few days. I actually flew back to Melbourne in between. But, man, it was crazy. We were back up there at Coolum. Kind of why this show is a little bit late. A uh, week late, actually. I planned on doing it last week. We got back from Coolum on the Monday. I've been on the road a while. Had to spend some time with the family. Some of the co-hosts just didn't work out with scheduling. Before you know it, it's been a week. It's been crazy. So I had a lot of people hitting me up in the DMs. I'm sorry it's late, guys. This is the show. Okay? And we're going to review, I guess... I don't know if we're going to do a whole like season review, so I'm kind of just going to do that in the same show, keep it kind of short and sweet. By this point, everybody knows what happened already, or I'd assume you do if you don't, and I'm your only media outlet you come to for coverage. I thank you for your patience. We'll try and give you the best rundown we can. Um, so on this show, Nathan Crawford is coming up. Serco Yamaha's Nathan Crawford um, didn't really factor into the championship as far as how Coolum went, and uh, probably didn't have the best round at Coolum either, if I'm being honest. Rounds, got to get used to saying that. But um, been trying to get Nathan on for a while. Finally got him on. Uh, excited to talk to Nathan because he had a pretty uh, big resurgence in the season. Um, you know, second half of the year after he figured out that injury stuff. So it's going to be cool to have Nathan Crawford on board. And um, didn't do the live show at Coolum. Sorry about that, guys. Just a lot of stuff going on. I don't think everyone understands just how hectic it is mid-season. When you're trying to get this uh, podcast off the ground, do event coverage, do the live TV show that we do, and everything in between. There's a lot of moving parts, but I appreciate you guys sticking through it through thick and thin this season. Uh, numbers have been growing. Like I said, keep sharing, keep subscribing, keep getting it out to your friends. We really appreciate that. And um, on that note, that is where the show is going to be at. So we're going to kick things off with um, Pirelli MX2, and uh, we'll take a look at the time here. I'm going to be calling NATO Crawford in just a minute. But um, I'm going to give you guys a rundown on the championship in MX2. Now, as you already know, Wilson Todd came out at Coulomb and he claimed the championship. So DPH, Husqvarna, massive, massive weekend for those guys. He had uh, Nato Crawford win Pirelli MX2 and you had Todd Waters win Thor MX1. I can't stress, I really want someone to correct me. We kept saying it on GTV, but um, I don't know if that's ever been done. I know manufacturers have won both titles at the MX Nationals. But I don't know if a team has ever actually won you know, both championships that run an in-house program for two different classes. So that's going to be interesting to, to know. Um, I've been trying to figure that one out. We haven't got any words yet. I really want to get Boyd Hawking and Dale Hawking on the show at some point. We're going to talk about their championship runs also because that's a really cool achievement. Um, but, yeah, that's where we're at right now. So Wilson Todd, he comes out at Coolum, freaking dominates everything. It was ridiculous how quickly Wilson Todd was uh, riding in the sand at Coulomb. And what was more impressive to me was how he rebounded um, from the last few rounds. Like, Maury wasn't great for him. Maitland really wasn't great for him. And we were starting to see some chinks in his armor. And I was a little skeptical. I mean, he had a decent points lead just because even though Maury wasn't great for him, Webster really struggled at Maury, had that first turn crash. Then we had the abbreviated motos with the first... Um, the issues they had at Maury, and we only had one moto. So it turns out that Webster dropped a bunch of points on Wilson Todd at that round. So he wasn't cruising coming in, but he didn't have to win. But when he came in to Coolum, it was pretty clear to see from the start of Saturday that this was going to be a Wilson Todd weekend where he stepped up, showed everyone what's up, showed everyone that he was the guy in uh, in Moto MX, uh, Pirelli MX2. Reading something, it's got some old uh, sponsor tags there, my bad. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, Wilson Todd handled it, man. Like, Webster was fast at different times. Uh, he took it to him a little bit here and there. Like, there were battles pretty much in every race. Like, someone was stepping up, whether it was Webster, Jay Wilson. Like, they were all trying to take it to Wilson Todd. 
But he just handled it all weekend, and it was a dominating performance. He won rounds nine and round 10 and really put a massive stamp on the championship, and it was very impressive to see. So for Wilson Todd, all the skeptics, all the haters, all the people in the media like me that said, oh, maybe he's struggling, maybe Webster's got a shot coming in to cool him, the Sandman from WA, he didn't. Wilson Todd dominated, did his thing, and it was really cool to see. Um, Kyle Webster, I mean, he put in some really good performances at uh, Coulomb. He was fast in the sand, no doubt about it, but he just didn't have anything for Wilson Todd. And um, Webster ended up 26 points back in the championship at the end of the two rounds at Coulomb. Uh, he and Jay Wilson were landing on the podium in the overalls at Coulomb. Jay, uh, third in the championship, 39 points down. His championship run kind of marred by crashes in the second half of the season, like he crashed both the opening sprint motos at um, MX Farm. Uh, he crashed in the opening moto at Maury. I uh, don't think he crashed out at Maitland, but Jay had a lot of crashes. A lot of chances he had to win races. He was just sending it. He was going for it and uh, didn't work out for Jay. i got to stop messing with my hands as well because we've got, hopefully for the first time, some video content coming out of this pod. And uh, I'm used to no one seeing me uh, doing this. So when I'm doing stuff with my hands like Ricky Bobby, I don't know what to do. That's what it's all about, trying to figure it out. So I'm pointing and poking, but that's what we're doing. Um, so, yeah, Jay, you know, third in the championship, 39 points down. It was a good run for Jay. I think he's focused on Supercross now at this point. He seemed really happy, um, you know, to be third overall in the championship. Podium interviews, he was super happy and, and looking forward to the, what's to come. So, you know, Jay had a good season. Did he win the championship? No. Um, did he have a shot at it at times? Yeah. Left a lot on the table with the crashes, I'd say. But um, he was fast at Coulomb. Surprised me that no one really had anything for Wilson all weekend as far as outright speed. Um, Wilson Todd, man, that bike, that ZPH Husky looks so good in the sand. And uh, probably something to talk about here. I was talking to a lot of people in the pits about this on the weekend at Coulomb. You know, uh, Huskies, you know, they both struggled. You had Wilson Todd and Todd Waters. I really still wish, by the way, that those guys wouldn't have the same freaking names basically on the same team. Anyway, those guys both struggled super bad at uh, at Maitland. It was hard pack. It was choppy. It was edgy. Not what the Austrian brand, or even though Husky isn't technically a KDM, it is. They're not known for being strong in that. And um, even at Moree, you know, hard pack, choppy, ruddy, definitely wasn't a strong point for those guys, even though Todd Waters um, stepped up and won. You know, uh, Wilson Todd's bite didn't look great. He didn't look great at Moore either. Come the sand at Coulomb, it was over. Those Huskies looked ridiculously good. And what a what a way to finish off the season for those guys. Um, Nato Crawford, fourth in championship. He was 70 points back, which is not bad considering the injuries he had and what he came in with. But we're going to get him in the show in just a minute um, to talk about that. And uh, let's take a look at the rest of the field. Aaron Tanny, Serco Yamaha, fifth in the championship. Now, Tanny to me... I thought at the start of the season he was going to win races. I thought at the start of the season it looked like he was getting good starts. He was going to factor into the podiums. He did have a couple of podiums overall, but for Tanny, he just ended up being a fourth or fifth place guy, and it was a little strange to me. I think maybe the wind got took out of his sails or something. I'm not sure what it was, but for Tanny, the, the few good starts that he got and ran up front, he'd either have an incident, he'd have a crash, or he got he got blitzed by a few guys and, and got put back some positions a few few rounds, and yeah, I think for Tanny, I don't know whether it was the confidence or what it was, but it just didn't look like it was there at the end of the season. But he's a really good Supercross rider, so I know he's probably looking to rebound off that a little bit. Dylan Wills, sixth in the championship um, for Willsey. I mean, he had some really good rides in the second half of the season. He got that moto win at, uh, at Maury, um, carrying the injury from the middle of the year. I mean, Wills, he's the best of the wrestler. He's the first, fi- uh, first privateer, six positions you got. Uh, Husqvarna, factory bat rider, Honda factory bat rider, Yamalu Yamaha, factory bat rider, Circo Yamaha riders, four and five. Dylan Wills, first guy. He's on a shop deal, running through Davey Motorsports. He's getting help, but he's not a factory back rider, so to speak. Um, so good job for Willsey. Malkowitz, seventh. That's uh, a tough one for Bailey. I mean, I, I think next year you're going to see him come out swinging. Um, but as a rookie year, he showed speed. I think he did what a rookie's supposed to do. Showed speed, got on the podium, Super inconsistent crashes. I mean, man, he had a highlight real crash at Coulomb through the big left sweeper. That is normally the right-handed sweeper, so probably something to mention. They actually switched the tracks around at Coulomb in direction this year. Had a new first turn. I mean, it was a right-handed still, but um, it was not as long as the traditional long right-handed first turn at Coulomb. Uh, and it, it ended up going right. Instead of going onto the back fence line straight, it went into the middle straight away and the tabletop by the, the commentary tower. Um, for those of you that haven't been to Coulomb, it's probably hard to explain because they fit a lot of track 
into not very much room. Um, but there's a lot of back and forth at call, a lot of switchbacks. And yeah, it was a different first turn into that tabletop by the commentary tower. Um, so it meant that that left-hander by the uh, backside of the straight, that long left-hander from the long straight, that normally ended up going uh, right-handed and then they'd come back towards the pits. Well, this time they were going down the start straight towards the gates, then left down the long fence line straight. And then that left-hander there, the big 180 that just gets super gnarly and whooped out. That's where Malkowitz went down, and boy, he had a big one. But he was all right. It was on Saturday. He was either leading or top three in that moto. I can't remember one of the MX2 motos. But uh, he went down pretty hard, and he had. A, I saw him on Sunday morning. I said, "How you doing, man? Are you all right?" He just had a big old handlebar imprint in his stomach when he went over the bars, uh, but he was feeling it. Expect to see more from Bailey next year. Now, Ricky Latimer, um, eighth overall in championship. That's super impressive for Latimer. Family ran team, ran the 250F Yammies. Um, I haven't really had a chance to talk to Latimer that much throughout this year. Um, but for Latimer, um, you know, eighth overall in the series, man, that's super impressive. Cooper Pozniak seems like he blew up a few of these 252 strokes towards the end of the season. Um, but Poz ended up ninth overall. I know he would have wanted more. I think he had the potential for more, but that's not bad for Pozniak. Full privateer spec, him and his dad are doing it out of a trailer and a ute and um, running the 252 strokes. You know, got some support from Lusty Industries and a few other brands, but not much going on as far as a funded program for Poz. Uh, so ninth overall, you know, he had an up-and-down day at Coolum. Uh, a guy that had a really solid weekend at Coolum, I thought, was Fogarty. Um, Fogarty had some issues with bikes um, blowing up. I think at Maury, uh, but hey, he came through to 10th overall in the season. I think he had a full knee reco and, and pretty much got back on the bike just as we got to um, the start of the season. So Morgan Fogarty showed a lot of speed at Coolum in the last few rounds he's been building. So expecting to see more out of him next season. He'll definitely be doing Supercross. So, you know, as far as a privateer goes with the David Motorsports guys, Fogarty, um, Posniak with his own privateer deal, Latimer, like there's a lot of privateer guys that are going to be going into Supercross and looking to do good things. Um, 11 through 20, Evans, Ferguson, Green, Latimer, Constantino, Sam Pels, Chandler Burns, Riley Dukes, Jai Dixon, Dylan Marchand, and that's going to round out the uh, 10 through 20. Sorry if that kind of sounds like I'm just uh, doing the uh, NRG TV coverage there, but um, I'm trying to multitask here and call Nathan Crawford on the phone. Uh, we've got to work things out, getting the, the timetable together with the producer and um, basically having everyone in studio at the same time. So right now I've kind of been uh, solo sailing with these podcasts the last few weeks, so that's why they're probably not quite the same format as we've been seeing in, in previous uh episodes i've been putting out but uh right now on the phone let's get to it this is an interview i've wanted to do for quite a while and uh it's probably my fault most of the time but we finally got this one scheduled in uh circo yamaha's nathan crawford how you doing mate yeah good mate thanks heaps for having me on the show no good man as uh i know we was going to do this one last week and then it didn't work out so i'm glad um i texted you this morning so thanks for getting back to me and getting on i appreciate it yeah no dramas man i'm pumped to be here so what's going on, mate? Look, it's a little bit later than I wanted to do this, but um, what have you been doing since Coolum? You said you've been building some Supercross tracks last week or something. Yeah, well, uh, after Coolum, um, I had to we, – we gave all our bikes back, so I've just – I've had no bike. I've been doing a you – know, building our Supercross track and just just working on that um, pretty much. But, yeah, I mean, I stayed um, – Stayed training it like a lot, and um, yeah, just, just also hanging out as well um, with my mates and, and my girlfriend and whatnot. So yeah, just just kicking back a little bit, taking some time off away from the bike a little bit. But um, yeah, back into the swing of things tomorrow. We got our first day on the Supercross track, so I'm looking forward to that. Nice, nice. So is that your home track, or are you guys going in with a few riders? What, what are you doing there? Yeah, we've got our um, Yamaha's got our track just here in um, in the Redlands. So yeah, we, we'll oh, do that's day right. one. Yeah, you got yeah, that track up there. The truck shed, yeah. The truck shed, yeah. Um, famously known, yes, in our in our industry. Um, yeah, so we'll be um, we'll be do probably the first two or three days there and just get comfortable before we go and I guess start doing run some other tracks and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it should be good. Man, all I know from that track is it's got a gnarly set of whoops that you see on Instagram all the time, and um, and then there's that rhythm coming back the other way. It's like a three four or a two three. You go off the on off over the, the the last few jumps um it looks yeah. it looks pretty gnarly out there yeah well this year we um just got a full new supercross track so um yeah not even one lap's been spun on there and i'm going to be the first one so that's going to be fun yeah, um nice but yeah just it's uh like you said um famously known for the big loops and 
we have not, or we've definitely got that again this year. So got some big loops and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a full spec supercross track when, um, yeah, it should be pretty good. Nothing like the first day on a supercross track with big old whoops. <laughs> brand new, brand new bike, new suspension, and I uh, haven't ridden for over a week, so I can't wait. Yeah, no, that'll be fun, man. Um, all right, so yeah. let's talk about Coolum real quick. Now, you're how far away are you from Coolum? You're based up there, right, pretty much? Yeah, yeah, I'm about now 45 minutes from Coolum. Yeah, so um, kind of like a home round or local round for you. Um, talk about it. How was it? Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, obviously, my, my results just kept, gradually getting better since we got back to Gympie and I got my first win um, overall win obviously at, at um, Moree and that was the week before Coolum so I had a, I had a whole bunch of confidence going into Coolum and I obviously I really liked Coolum um, but yeah I, I'd honestly just say like it wasn't a bad round for me I don't think it was a standout um, weekend I didn't get on the podium um, I won a race got a got a third and whatnot and a couple of fourth places fourth place motos but um yeah, like it wasn't bad. I wouldn't say my riding was bad. It was just um, the other three boys were obviously riding really good. They yeah. had to. Um, That's they what I was. It up a lot because they had championships on the line and um, they had to rise to the occasion, which they did. So um, yeah, the competition was just stiff as. Um, that weekend but uh, yeah I, I still think it was wasn't not a bad weekend no that's what I was going to say like it looked like you were riding really well like I don't think you were off pace for Moree or any of the other rounds where you stepped it up since we came back um, but man it just looked like those guys were everyone was really trying to to finish the season strong and like you said they probably had that little bit of extra I think motivation is the wrong word but they were definitely going for it and um, it just looked like between the starts like I didn't I don't think you got a whole shot of a weekend did you Nah, I was. It's funny though. We were speaking. I was in like obviously I speak to everyone after the race, and they're like, "Oh yeah, how did it all go?" And and I just remember like every single start that weekend. You know, we had five different races, so every single start that weekend, it was the same five dudes in the top five every time. So it was like, yeah, you guys were super like separating yourself yeah, from the field. It just just uh, yeah, I think Wilson yeah, so had the tough. the lion's share of uh, hole shots there, though, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, it was obviously the same five guys just about every time, and it was just tough from from first first lap. So, um, and obviously, yeah, like I said, the boys are riding really well. But um, yeah, again, it wasn't a bad weekend. I think my riding was good. Like I said, I got a moto win. It was just um, yeah, it was just a tough sort of hard fought weekend the uh, the whole time. Yeah, it seemed that way. It just seemed like there. I wouldn't say there wasn't anything to separate you guys as a whole. I think there was definitely differences in lap times, but I think the tone was sort of set at Coolum. It just seemed like it was a weird weekend where I think a lot of guys like yourself were probably mindful, like, hey, the championship's done. I'm not going to get on the podium. You just see that difference at Coolum where guys that need to win or need to be on the podium often find themselves there because they have to, but then everybody else is kind of like, all right, well, I'm pretty much sweet. Let's move on to Supercross a little bit. Don't do anything crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, well, I kind of half figured that that would work out in my favour, to be honest, because I figured, you know, there'd be a lot of pressure on those boys. But sometimes it's like a, it's just, you know, um, it, it works the opposite to what you think. Like sometimes a bit of pressure makes you, um, I guess. Yeah, rise to the occasion sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, rise to the occasion. So, yeah, I mean, I had no pressure on myself and I didn't put any pressure on myself for that weekend at all. And I just, yeah, I'd just say I rode, I rode well. It was just them, them boys were just as good, if not better, in some, you know, some aspects. I think that's the thing with MX2 as well. Like it's, um, you can sometimes be on fire, but it's so close in that class. It's not always a guarantee you're going to be on the podium. Yeah, and and even just throwing in like the different format this year as well. Like if if someone who, you know, can say ride well, like really well for twenty minutes or even you know ten minutes, because that's how how long our back to back motos are. Um, that also throws a massive spanner in the works if, if um, I guess, a, a, a somebody else who, who say, might not be in the top five in the championship gets a good start and makes life tough too. Yeah, I mean, you saw that at um, MRE, right? Like, you used closing on wheels, that whole first sprint moto, but um, he got that win. Yeah, exactly, right? So, um, and not only that, like, Isaac Ferguson was, a, I, I was in third and Isaac was in second until the last lap. Did, like, did you see that crash he had? Were you behind him? No, no, that I think that was the second back-to-back motor. I was oh, okay, front, yeah. But yeah, the first one, the first one was when he was in second, and um, yeah, it took me, 
pretty much the whole race. I passed him with two corners to go. Yeah, that's right. You got him going into the first turn, right? I remember now. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I was just hoping someone saw that crash because his bike looked written off and I kind of been trying to piece together what happened. But um, that, that section seemed to claim a few of the riders. It did. It did. That's... Um, that's a whole other convo for Maury, but um, yeah. So let's go back to the start of the year. So I don't think anyone understood, or even you're not. You weren't very vocal. I mean, it's not really a surprise that a rider's not vocal about injuries coming in. But you had a lot of shit to deal with from last year between your shoulders and then your supercross injury from from filling in at CDR, right? So yeah, you come in like how long were you on the bike before the first round? And you know, you had leg surgery, you had shoulder recos, like what was the go? So I I rode four times before it happened. Wow. And um, yeah, so that was rough as just to start like that. Um, but yeah, I guess I it took more of a toll on me than I thought it was going to, but I really probably should have expected it because like you said, I had that shoulder injury which put me out for five months. So that was five months of no racing. Then I come back for about three weeks and and I was at my first race again and then broke my leg, which is when I was the CDR. So that also put me up for like another four months, if not maybe a little bit longer. So I was nearly, I nearly, I wouldn't say I was sitting on the couch for a year, but I missed pretty much a year's worth of racing. Yeah, um, it's a lot to come back from as far as I don't yeah. think people at home maybe the fans do like if they're a local racer or whatever when you take time off from injury but to come back to the elite level that time off is massive well that's what i struggled with like i i, I was riding before it happened and i didn't feel that bad i was like 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 i feel okay and then i didn't well, i wouldn't say that i had expectations for the first round of happened but i once I started riding and I felt okay, I was like, hmm, maybe like I'm not going to actually get my ass kicked, I guess. And Well, and, it seemed uh, to me like went, it, it got worse before it got better. Like I think, Yeah, it definitely did. Um, and then I, obviously I went to Athens and I got like a six in the mud and that was like tough as for me and my leg because for a bit there, like there was times where, you know, as, as any rider would know, um, riding dirt bikes so your legs just get beaten up like you get it caught in a rut or you hit it on the ground or whatever um i couldn't do i couldn't let my leg touch the ground at all i couldn't let it i couldn't go through a rut and dab my foot or anything like i couldn't so my obviously and you're um, pretty tall on a 250f as well like you're not a short guy or you'd be what nearly six foot yeah so turning that side which the side was my leg was um injured was obviously a lot um, slower than the, the opposite side and whatever. So, yeah, um, like you said, it got it got worse before it got better. So I got six that happened, and then I was like, oh, okay, that's not so bad. We're going to have some more time before the next race. And then, again, like I wouldn't say I put more expectation on myself, but I was like, surely I can do better than six. Like if I got six at the first round, I should be able to just do a bit better than that. And then I'd be scraping inside the top five, which I was happy with mm. for the time being. And then, yeah, we went to one saggy and that was just, yeah, it was terrible. I couldn't, yeah, and obviously one saggy is quite, you know, it's got a bit of sand, a bit of loam, and we had some rain, so it was quite deep. And It was basically a, and, a repeat of the year before when you had the shoulder injury. Was that sort of playing yeah. in your mind a little bit too? Um, oh, yes and no. Like I maybe think subconsciously more, a little bit, you know. It's yeah. just It was basically yeah. the same, you know, the rain, the track. Like I couldn't imagine it being yeah. much different, you know. Deja vu, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was just crazy. Like I just remember thinking to myself after one of the races at One Saggy, like I couldn't even sit behind a rider, like right behind a rider and cop their roost because I had to be able to see the ruts. Because if I couldn't see the ruts and I dab my leg, I'd I'd hurt it really bad. Yeah, and I was just like I just didn't even know what to think because I couldn't sit I couldn't sit right behind the rider and cop the roost. And if I tried to go different lines it was out in the wet and i was just like i literally couldn't wrap my head around what was going on and that was got some really bad results at one faggy and then kind of in a um, lose-lose situation like you try and push you risk your injury your body your body isn't ready and your your mind knows your body isn't ready so trying to trying to trick yourself into taking risks it just normally it doesn't doesn't happen yeah so then we had a little bit of time off before broadford and that was good so I kind of just went off on my own after one saggy and didn't really ride with anyone and rode by myself and just kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say went back to the basics, but I just kind of 
did my own thing, stayed away from everyone, wasn't worried about what everyone was doing. And then I went to Broadford and qualified second and got third in the first motor. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is good. And then oh, I had a bit of a mishap in the second motor with a crash, but that was that was no drama. So I had something, I had a bit of hope to hold on to after that race. Yeah, some positives uh, for sure. And then yeah. uh, how was my bridge for you? I'm trying to remember. That was the that was the lowest of lows. That's right. Year. Yeah, it was a bad round with double header, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So like I said, we had some hope to hang on to. We had a little bit of time again before Murray Bridge. So I was like, this is only going to get better. And then yeah, I went to Murray Bridge and I felt I like my headspace and my mentality was probably the comp- the most confident I'd been going to a race all year. So I was like feeling quite good about the track. I usually like the track. Um, and stuff like that. And then I just went there and qualified 14th on the first day and I couldn't figure out, could not ride. For some reason, just forgot how to ride a dirt bike. And um, and then once that happened, it just, the whole weekend steamrolled. I couldn't, I could not do anything. Um, couldn't get any starts. Couldn't ride the track properly. Um, track was obviously slippery. And again, with the whole not being able to dab my leg on the ground sort of thing, like it just makes life so hard. Um. And then, yeah, the results just never got any better from from that weekend. Actually, sorry, I think the last race of the whole weekend I got a third. But yeah, it just it didn't seem like that wasn't like that wasn't um, like a good enough result just to make me feel better than like that weekend was so bad. We had a few bike malfunctions, and which is obviously out of anyone's control. But um, between bike malfunctions and me qualifying outside the top ten on both days, I'm pretty sure it was just. Not, couldn't, something I couldn't wrap my head around. Yeah, I mean, I kept saying, I was like, I think at this point of the season, I was like, wait for the mid-season break. You're going to have time to regroup. Um, and that's pretty much what happened. I'm assuming you went back to the, not the drawing board, but you just finally had time to catch your breath and figure out your program and, and get some base fitness, get some base intensity, because that's really, I feel like, what you lose with injury is, you know, you can come back and do a 20 or a 30-minute moto and you can circulate not too far away from probably where you would have been at your prime before you got injured, but that intensity of being able to throw it down when you need to in that race environment, that's to me what you lose. And that's probably what you were lacking a little bit, I think as well. Yeah. Well, so straight after my bridge, I did, I think it was like 10 days. So just over a week, I didn't train. I didn't ride because I just, I had no motivation to go to the gym. I didn't want to look at my bike. I just like, I just went away from that for a little bit. And then, once I got back on the bike, that was when Jesse and I, Jesse Dobson and I linked up and cause I just needed some, I guess I needed a, part, a training partner that wasn't in my class as well. Yeah. You that guys put that little crew. like crew together, right? So it was you and Jesse, yeah. uh, who else ended yeah. up being involved in the end? I saw So then it was, so then after a couple of weeks, it was Aaron and then, and then, um, Connor Heaney was with us for a bit too. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. That looked but, fun. Um, you guys were, I saw a lot of stuff on Instagram, you guys motoring down. Yeah, so like I guess at the start of it, it was just a matter of me linking up with someone that wasn't in my class. So that was like there was absolutely no rivalry at all. Whether yeah. we went to the practice track and Jesse smoked me or whatever, like I wouldn't care. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that helped. Like obviously, we it was a seven week break. I'm pretty sure. So it was seven weeks for not only for my leg to get better, but for me to just go and do fun, fun and different things to work, like get my head in a better space and just everything and we got the bike faster in the mid-season break like it was just a whole bunch of everything and then yeah I turned up to Gympie and I was definitely a lot more confident but there was still the tiniest bit of I wouldn't say like I didn't believe like in myself but I was like oh if if I don't if I don't perform this weekend then I just like I just it would have probably been way worse than Murray Bridge because what I thought, you know, I did in the seven-week break was so critical for me that I, if I had had a shit weekend and I would have just been like, what have I like? What have I done? I've yeah. just wasted seven weeks sort of things, you know what I mean? Um, so thankfully, yeah, I landed on the podium. I was even battling for race wins at that at Gympie. So that was just like the biggest um, breath of fresh air for me to be able to, I guess, not get back motivated because I was obviously motivated again, but it was just proved to me that I was, you know, I could still do it and my leg wasn't going to hinder me for, you know, too much longer, I guess. Yeah, and I think what you did was super impressive in the fact that I talk about this a lot and I don't think riders even themselves appreciate this. I just, from years of watching the series and watching 
you know, how it works out. But if you don't fix your shit after the first two or three rounds that isn't working, once you get into that headspace of I'm a fifth place guy, I'm a sixth place guy, whatever it is, right? I don't know. I mean, you could probably expand on it for the listeners, but it's so yeah. difficult once you're racing. Like there's an unofficial like pecking order that gets established within the rider's mentality where you go, okay, well, you know, he's winning, he's second, he's third. Oh, right now I'm a fifth place guy. And by the time you're even at the mid season to turn that around mentally is such a big deal. And I don't think, I don't think people really appreciate that enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, like you said, like, and that's what I was like kind of saying before, if I had have used that seven weeks and then went and got my ass kicked again at Gimpy and just rode bad, like, I would have been kind of scratching my head going, is this really what it's come to? Like, this is what I'm, this is where I am now. This is all I'm capable of. And because I remember, I remember thinking after Murray Bridge in that too, like, is it going to be like this forever now with my leg? Is it ever going to get any better than this? Because it had taken so long. Like, we're talking, you know, we're five rounds into our series and I'm still having dramas with my leg that had, like, the injury was over like seven months ago. I was like, is it really going to get, any better or is this it for now? Like, is this it? And yeah, you start doubting thank if, God, if it's going to get God better. I, yeah, thank God. Like, I was managed to I managed to strengthen my, my leg and my knee and everything and, and obviously get my results back to where they were. And, yeah, I was surprised, to be honest with you, like, in that last five rounds to, to achieve what I did. Like, I got three out of five podiums and I got an overall win and I won, like, four or five races, like, I feel like I did more winning in five rounds than I did when I, I had my best season. Like it was, it was, it was awesome. And I'm glad that I did it because now it's like, I can hold on to all that to go into a new season for Supercross. And, and like this, we got, I think we got eight or however many weeks it is now until Supercross. It just makes everything so much easier to, you know, kind of be motivated, know I can still do it and then be, have the confidence in myself when I'm at practice tracks and all that. All that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, get ready for. Stuff I mean, too. You, you say you're surprised. I think I, I'm not surprised. I think um, you're a rider to me, mentally headstrong, and I think you're you're an elite guy. Uh, I think that that's pretty evident over the last few years. Like I remember you back in MXD, and you've always been that guy. I mean, you were riding the 252 strokes back then, and it was pretty uh, you yeah. and geez, who was going at it back then? I'm trying to remember. It was yourself and uh, in MXD. I think it was. Uh, Jack Simpson, yeah, Jacko, and all that, and Jed. Because yeah, yeah, I was like, I was a big part of Jacko's program back then, sort of working with him. And I remember we'd always go to the races, and you know, it's it funny because like you, Jay Wilson, all those guys, like I, I like you now, but back then I was, I hated you guys because you were always, you was always back on the Jack, and I was like, oh, just, Jack, yeah, just, yeah, leave him be. But um, yeah, you've always been that gutsy guy that pulls it out when he needs to, and you can just, you just headstrong and. Not trying to turn this into a NATO Crawford fan club pod, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like to get around to it, like I ain't surprised to see you turn it around because I know that's yeah. where you see yourself as an athlete that you are a podium yeah. guy, you're a race winner. That's when it's hard, like you're saying, because you're not where you believe you should be, and you start questioning everything about your program and your future, and yeah, it, it'll be a stressful time. But um, no, hats off to you for turning it around, mate, because that's a big deal as an athlete to, to bounce back from that, and I think um heading into Supercross and heading into the future of your career, like it's going to do a lot for your stock and your confidence. So um, we ran sure. out of time, mate. I've got to, got to round this one up pretty no, soon. No. But um, what would be the highlight yep. of the year for you? Obviously probably winning at Moree, but is there anything that really stands out other than that? I'd say, yeah, like you said, Moree definitely is a, the probably, oh, I wouldn't say it's the biggest highlight. I want to say Maitland is just winning that first moto because I've never – like, obviously, I, I've seen people get emotional about things in our sport before, and I think, was that really worth getting emotional for? But when I won that race, <laughs> I, and, you, um, you know, I really I really got emotional, and I was like, I see, I feel it. Like, I can see why people do this stuff. And that was big for me because I had my family there, and my family came back for their first race in a long time, and I won the race. And that was probably definitely it for me. That, that, was, um, that was the biggest highlight so far. Yeah, you got all Alessi about it there crying on the camera but um, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people do it before and I'm like come on seriously and then I did it and I'm like okay I kind of respect everything now you know what I mean it's just you get you just see things a little differently you know you you love to feel what um, the high feels like again once you've seen the bottom. So, <laughs> I mean, look, it's all it's all making fun and good fun, but like, you, dude, the amount of work you guys put in, and I, I still I say this all the time. Even casual fans of the sport, guys that ride locally, they have no idea what it takes 
to be at the competitive level at the pro level of the sport. Like it is a 24 seven, you, you got to dedicate yourself to it every day. And when that, when that's not working and it finally, you break through like that, when you had like that relief is, you know, like fuck all this hard work's actually worth it, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. It was cool to see, man. But um, one more question for you before we let you go. We saw you jump onto a 450 a few years back. Um, yeah. You know, you're a taller guy. You, you'd be like early 20s now. You're like 22, 23. Where are you at? Yeah, 22 now. Yeah. So, I mean, I think people are starting to wise up to not going up too early. It seems like there was a bit of a time in the industry where people were just jumping out of 250s as quick as they could. And maybe you followed yep. Sue. It was like that year that you went up. I think Jay Wilson went up. Um you know, you ride a 450 well, but your plans right now, MX2 next year, where you, where's your headspace at? I would say, I would just say, yeah, I would say MX2, you know, simply because I just think, not, not that there's a lack of rides in the 450 class, I'd just say, in for me, like, obviously there's a few seats in the 450 class, but seats that are suited for me, there's not many of. Yeah, you want so, the right ride. You don't just want to yeah, step up. Yeah, if, if I'm to go back to the 450 class, it's going to be for the right team and the right opportunity and the right time. So if that presents itself next year, then, hey, I'll do it. But if it doesn't, obviously, yeah, I'm going to be staying in the in the 250 class next year. So it's a smart move, I think. Like I said, a lot of guys have paid uh, your, your stock. You could be a championship winner in MX2. You can be a race winner in MX2. So I think... Um, you know, you'd have your pick of the ride, so to speak, uh, yeah, you know, with definitely. MX2. So why would you rush to MX1? But just wanted yeah, to see exactly. where your head was at. You know, some guys yep. are itching to get up, but I think I think the trend is starting to see people take their time a little bit more, which is, uh, I think, a good thing. But um, anyway, man, yep. Circo Yamaha's cool. Nathan Crawford. Hey, thanks for coming on the show, mate. I'm glad we got to get this done. Sorry I'm rushing you off the phone, but uh, no drama. this show's Thank a week late already and we're trying to get through it. But um, <laughs> good to finally get you on, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. See you later. All right. Have a good one. Bye. All right, guys. Nato Crawford. Circo Yamaha really turned his career around. and His career around. Really turned his season around and uh, did some good things for his career in the second half of the year. So, like I said, didn't have a standout column, but, man, he killed it as some of the rounds coming back. And I hope that interview gives everyone a bit of an understanding to some of the crazy stuff he had going on with his injuries because that was a big, um, big lull last year for him between – you know the motocross industry, indir- it, wow, the motocross injury, and then the uh, CDO Yamaha filling ride where he got injured for Supercross in MX1. So, talking about MX1 now, let's move it on. Door MX1, pretty much all you got to say about Coolum's Todd Waters. Todd destroyed the field. He and that DPH Husqvarna are on another level. It wasn't even funny how much better he was than the rest of the competition. And and I hate to say it, like, it's not like I'm talking down to everybody else, but Luke Clout. I mean, shout out to Cloudy. He took the battle to Waters the best he could. Everyone knows Cloudy is probably not a standout of a sand rider as Todd Waters is. Um, and Luke Cloud, you know, he actually led at one of the back-to-back motos. He took the battle to, to Waters, but Todd was just on another level. His lap times, they were gone. And, um, you know, for Todd, he won every single moto. He whole-shot at every single race bar one, I think. I think Longy might have got one whole shot over him in one of the back-to-backs. Um, you know, Cloudy jumped in there early in one of the back-to-backs and got the race lead, but Todd was too strong. He was just on another level at Coulomb and he ended up winning the championship by 40 points nearly. You know, he won both Super Poles. Um, it was just stamp it. Todd Waters was the best in MX1 this year. And I think, you know, even though Cloudy took it to him, Melros, unfortunately, you know, he had that knee injury at Moree. Turns out he destroyed his knee. You know, ACL, meniscus. Uh, we, we did an interview on him for MX Live on the NRG TV show. And, you know, when he reeled off that injury list, I don't know how Melros was out there, honestly, but he still got third in the championship and that was their goal um, coming in. But the interesting part was he and Gibbsy, like Gibbsy had a mathematical shot at beating Melros for third in the championship. But then when Gibbs had a DNF on, um, I think it was the first moto on Sunday, round 10. But anyway, once he had that DNF, Melros was safe. Melros called it quits. He didn't ride the last moto. He was good. He was in the pits chilling, went up and got his third place on the podium. And I think he was happy to not have to put his knee through one more race. But Melros was you know, 10th, 12th, 13th from, uh, you know, the, the um, from Maury, that moto at Maury, then through to Coolum, toughing it out. So shout out to Hayden. That was gnarly. Um, Cloudy, like I said, he took the battle to Waters. He really did. He tried it, but he just didn't have the speed, didn't have, just didn't have it, you know, and it was a shame. We were interviewing Cloudy for MX Live in the morning on Sunday and, 
you know, for round 10. And he was saying, you know, he's still in the battle and he can take the battle to waters and the championship's not out of reach. But I think you could tell deep down he was saying what he had to say to convince himself. But it wasn't there. Like, he knew Todd had his number that weekend. And it's a shame. I think Cloudy, he's going to get an MX1 title in years to come. He's too good. But right now, he just didn't have it. And I thought that experience that Waters had, you know, down the run, like in 2016, he's been in a championship battle at Coolum. He didn't win that year. You know, Ferris did. But he, Gibbs, and Ferris, they took it down to the wire. Waters has been there before. And like he said on some of the interviews I've heard, like it was, he's thrown enough of these championships away now. It was his time to get it done. And and he got it done. So shout out there because Todd Waters, DPH, you know, put Wilson Todd in there as well. Like that was a massive weekend for those guys. And, uh, Todd Waters killed it. Not more you can say. Too strong, too fast, too headstrong, too fit. Just manhandled that bike around that rough Coulomb track, which was one of the gnarliest Coulombs we've seen in years, and just freaking killed it. So Luke Clout ended up second in the championship, 38 points back. Melros, third in the championship, um, 106 points back in the end, which is crazy because Melros had the red plate multiple times this season. Um, but, man, it was a crazy MX1 year. Really cool to see how gnarly it was. Kurt Gibbs, you know, he had the injury at Murray Bridge. Ended up fourth in the championship. Surprisingly, wasn't the best round at Coolum or rounds at Coolum for Gibbsy. He uh, he was doing a lot of good things at the start of the weekend, but it seemed to unravel pretty quick with um, with crashes and DNFs and stuff. And uh, unfortunately for Gibbsy, not the way he would have ended the season. But um, you know, he's a motocross only guy now, so he's got some time to reboot before next year um, and see where that contract lands. Hasn't re-signed with CDR officially yet, but I'd be surprised if that deal isn't done. They just haven't put it out yet because they've got a good thing now. Dan Reardon stepped in to sign on CDR for Supercross. So you have a guy like Gibby doing motocross only. Then you have a guy like Reardon doing Supercross only. They both got that relationship with Yamaha now. To me, it makes sense, but we'll see where it goes. Now, Medi, Brett Metcalf, he had a really good round at Coolum on the Sunday, third overall uh, for round 10. So it was interesting talking to Medi, he just said the track was gnarly rough and really wasn't willing to take the chances on Saturday at round nine when the track was faster edgier a little bit more hard pack but Sunday when it got heavier sand more what he's comfortable in with the big ruts and the big rollers and the big berms and the build-ups he said he was happy to to, to push it there and um third overall around 10 fifth overall in the championship fifth overall in the championship for Brett Metcalf after a broken back in the preseason after destroying his pinky finger at one that's a very impressive setup for, for Brett Metcalf to come back from. So fifth overall in the championship. He's a veteran now. He's quite vocal about it, not wanting to take them chances if he doesn't have to. Um, but I think that'll come back. I think you'll see Medi really next year, Supercross even. I think the intensity is going to come back for Medi. It's just coming back from those injuries. And like we just talked to Nathan Crawford, the mental aspect of it. Um, Justin Robbell. Now, Rob Bell's 18 years old. He's on a 450. It's his first rookie season in the MX Nationals. He's from the States. I think everyone forgets that Rob Bell is a privateer uh, for the KSF team. You know, they're supporting him, but it's not a factory deal. And uh, Rob Bell, man, the kid's cool. He's got a lot of potential. Going to get him on the show soon to do a one-on-one because his story is really cool. Um, sixth overall in the championship, mighty impressive. Uh, Richie Evans, um, you know, Evans and Longy and those guys like Dylan Long, Caleb Ward, you know, they all had standout rides toward the end of the year. Evans ended up being the best of those guys, seventh in the championship. I think he showed enough to really hopefully get a ride again next year, and and I think he's going to build. He's that guy that he's definitely got the potential in MX1 in a few years to be, in my opinion, a top-level guy. Just had a bit of a lull in the midseason. Um, but, you know, seventh overall in the championship for Evans. Dobson, eighth privateer of the year for Jesse Dobson, so that was cool to see. Uh, eighth in the championship. You know, hopefully Dobson lands some more support, whether he puts his own program together or whether he goes to uh, a factory team again. I don't know where it's going to land for him, but privateer of the year is a good starting point. Eighth overall in the series. You know, we'll see where that one goes for Jesse, but uh, big rebuilding year for him. So we'll see where that one lands for next season. But didn't have the best Coolum. Wasn't horrible. Um Kind of like a season. Some standout rides, some average rides, privateer stuff going on with bikes breaking. But, you know, he and his mechanic, Aiden, they was, uh, they've been doing it tough all year. Longy had a really good ride. Land on the podium uh, at Coulomb for the final round, which was cool to see. Um, Longy always seems to do well in the sand. He's a good sand rider. Um, i got Max Peters in here doing some filming, and he's just nodding his head. He's pretty tight with Longy. He knows that he rips it in the sand. But um, Longy killed it at Coulomb, man. You know, got good starts, and... Part of me is going, where was that Dylan Long all year? But then I think he was building back from that injury. Um, 
you know, some guys, they tend to excel at the end of the season when it's contract time. And I, I don't want to say that about Longy, but you see there's a lot of guys like like Richie Evans, like Dylan Long, like Caleb Ward. You know, they really had that extra motivation. They haven't had the best seasons. So they want to finish motocross strong to make a good impression on the teams. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's human nature. Like, hey, I need a job next year. i got to pull it out. But um, Longy, he killed it at Coolum. Good to see him back to looking like his old self with his fitness levels and his speed and everything. So ninth in the series, got on the podium at the last round. Solid uh, end of the season for Dylan Long. Jaden Rikers, man's a shame. Rikers' story as a privateer hero was going so well, and then he, he knocked himself out at Moree and broke his back and broke some ribs, I think. So for Rikers, unfortunately, that was a wrap on uh, on his season. Ended up 10th uh, in the points in the end. He was fourth at one point, which is crazy to think as a privateer. Rikers, I think he's maybe back for Supercross. He'll be back next year uh, for motocross. He's going to be strong. But, um, man, shout-out to Jaden Rikers because, to me, honestly, he should have been privateer of the year if it wasn't for the injury and the points. He didn't get it done in the end, but he was super impressive. Um, Whiteman, Zach Small, Charlie Creech, Caleb Ward, Cody Dice, Lawson Bopping, McManus, Tierney, Gaylor, and uh, Joven Baldwin round out your 10 through 20 in the championship. Um, let's talk about Caleb Ward, man. Expected more out of water yet. Coolum, unfortunately, hasn't been the year for him. I really hope he turns this around. I know he's doing Supercross for the first time, so it's going to be interesting to see what Caleb Ward can do uh, with Supercross. Um, Cody Dice, you know, rookie year in MX1 for Dicey. It's kind of hard to expect more. We know he's capable of more. He was uh, MXD champ in 17, and uh, last few years he's had some good rides, good results. See where it goes for Dicey. Um, he's, he's bridging that line now between working, privateer, racing. Hopefully like, we can see him realize his potential and keep that going in his career. Uh, bopping. Man, that, that, that illness that plagues Bopping uh, is back again. He didn't race the last round. He's going to focus on Supercross. This is why he stepped away in the first place and uh, from, the, from the professional racing side of things. And it's obviously back again. He can't seem to catch a break with it. But Boppo set out. We'll see where he's at for excuse me, uh, for Supercross and hopefully being back next season. But I don't know if his body's going to let him do MX Nationals with, with the, how demanding it is in the heat and the uh, long motos and the fitness levels. So we'll see. Um, but for Boppo, unfortunately, let's talk about Connor Tierney real quick. Man, Tierney killed it at Coolum, uh, back for the second half of the season after a lot of injuries, uh, privateer program, driving the van over from WA, living on the road. You know, Tierney really impressed me in MX1 in the second half of the season. So shout out to him. And with that, I think we'll wrap up MX1 and we'll do a quick little debrief on MXD, um, Model MXD. Round number nine, all you can say is mullet and gumboots on Saturday. It's Max Purvis. Holy cow, that was a show you will not forget. <laughs> he went off the track, I think, three or four times in the second moto on Saturday and still came back to win. He put Regan Duffy off the track at one point in a straight line, I believe. There was some beef in the post-race interviews. Duffy was yelling at him a little bit. I don't think Purvis cared all that much. But, man, the kid was on one. And when he's on fire, you know, Duffy's got a bright future. A lot of people have pegged him already to be the next big thing, maybe go overseas. I can believe that. But right now, what Purvis did on Saturday, like he took it to him. And uh, Purvis got the overall at round nine. Um, the points weren't really a thing. You know, Duffy ended up winning by 32 points in the championship uh, but, man, Purvis, that WBR, Bolt Nutrients, Yamaha team, like he's probably giving those guys fits, the Witten brothers, because when he turns it on, it is on like Donkey Kong. Pretty impressive stuff, but uh, wasn't able to back it up on Sunday. Regan Duffy came out, won both motos, destroyed everybody. Uh, and Duffy really put a stamp on the championship and uh, showed he was the best guy. But you know, Purvis took it to him all season, and I think we'll probably see both those guys step up next year, I reckon, at MX2. That's going to be interesting because those guys are going to have the speed to run up front especially Duffy, all season. Purvis, when he's on, he could still take it to anybody. So it's going to be interesting. But uh, Regan Duffy, Raceline, um, KDM, Thor team, gets the championship done. Rookie year, to me, that's a big sign you're destined for big things. If you win MXD in your rookie season, you know some guys do two or three seasons and move up and they've won, but they're expected to. They're at the top of their age group. For Duffy, rookie year, youngest in the class, goes out, wins the championship. Big deal heading into MX2 next year. I think he's pretty vocal, but he's going to stay in Australia next year. I don't think he's rushing to go into uh, overseas stuff. Natural progression for him would be to stay with Raceline and, and MX2, but don't know how that's going to go because Jai Roberts had that ride this year. Do they replace him with Duffy? A lot of stuff going on there, so we'll see. Um, 
Reese Bard ended up third in the championship. Not the best, you know, had that big crash at Moree. He didn't really have the best couple of rounds at Coulomb, but uh, Bard still third in the championship. Super solid year for him. Uh, Noah Ferguson was fast at Coulomb as well. You know, he, he actually took it to Duffy last season in the rookies class. Was back again this year. Wasn't a crazy consistent weekend, you know, all season for Ferguson, but man, he had some good starts at Coulomb and he took it to the guys where he could. Fourth in championship for him, Brody Ellis. Ellis had food poisoning and it was just a rough deal for him at Coulomb. He was just surviving, riding around just outside the top 10, but fifth in the championship for the young Tassie rider. I think we see him step up to MX2 next year. Jai Walker, man, this kid was impressive the last few rounds, really stepping it up. Uh, privateer deal, riding the Husky 545 um, on the bike. Walker did good things, um, so shout out to him. Liam Walsh, my man from the NT, straight out of the, the top end. He had some massive starts. The kid rides sand, you know, Coulomb's just like the natural terrain track they have up there in Darwin at the top end club, and Walshy killed it. Didn't have the fitness or the intensity to run up front all moto, but uh, a lot of races he had hole shots and good starts and and really put it in, uh, you know, some good rides. Then get a fifth in one moto. Just shout out to Walshy. That was his last ride in MXD. He's got to go up next year. Um, Jace Cosford, Mackenzie O'Bree, Ty Jones. Uh, that's going to round out your top 10 in the championship. And with that, guys, that's going to wrap out this uh, pod episode, which is the Coolum rounds 9 and 10 um, summary, uh, review, whatever you want to call it. Uh, sorry the schedule's been a bit scattered the last few weeks. Um, this is going to be out as a makeup show to you guys. I'm sorry we didn't get it done last week. Thank you to all the faithful listeners. Like I said, um, now the season's over. We're doing a lot more one-on-ones. Pretty excited. I'm riding the Yamaha YZ450F the 2020 this week. I'll be at the press day to ride it and uh, do a podcast review on it. I think I'm also getting to ride the CDR race bikes from 2019 that we just uh, had Gibbsy and Cloudy on. So I'll be doing a few bike reviews, um, which is pretty exciting. And then we're going to be working on Supercross content and just keeping the wheels moving. So hopefully we have some video previews for you guys on Insta. That's what my man Max is here for doing that. And um, just, yeah, got to keep building this platform, keep the ball rolling. Shout out to all you guys for listening to all MX National season. That isn't an end to the content. It's just the beginning. Honestly, I'm going to have more time now to get content out on this inside the platform. And we're going to be doing more content and more interviews on the uh, Conversation podcast brought to you by Recoverate as well. That's coming soon too. So uh, with that, guys, thank you very much for listening all season long. Keep sharing. Keep subscribing. Hit me up in the DMs. Let me know what you want to hear. Um, you know, this is free content. So all I ask is you spread the word and get new followers and get new listeners to this show. And uh, I really appreciate it. But with that, thanks once again for listening to all the 2019 MX Nationals review shows. And uh, thanks to Nathan Crawford from Soko Yamaha for coming on to this one. And uh, I'll be back probably the start of next week with the uh, Yamaha um, 2020 bike reviews. And we'll go from there. So with that, let's listen to this uh, outro music. Thanks for being fans of the show. Thanks for listening all season long. And I'll be back next week with some more content. I can tell you what you